Hey y'all, it's LB. Welcome back to the show, 305 The Juice. I know last week that I said that I was going to have Gold Girl Gang on the show. Also known as Young Folk 10K. He could not be on the show today due to technical difficulties, but the show must go on. <laughs> Welcome back to 305 The Juice. Where do I even begin? Rest in peace. Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. That was a sad day. I saw it pop up on my feed last night, which would have been around 4 p.m. Uh, on the West Coast time. On the East Coast, it was like uh, 10.30 or something like that. And no, it was like 7, and then I heard about it at 10 p.m. R.I.P. to him. Let's take a moment of silence for Nipsey Hussle. Okay. So, bitch, you guessed it. <laughs> Woo! You was right. I have had that song on my mind for the past three days. 2016 was the greatest year for music. OG Matko. Um, the reason why I wanted to bring him up in the beginning of this um, episode is because he has a skin flesh eating disease. And um, I just want you guys to understand that, like I said last week, all that celebrity gossip stuff is, is just like engulfing our world. We have to get out of being too much involved with social media and understand that even celebrities go through real life traumas um og Mako, he is doing horribly right now he's recovering i i don't even know what happened it was something about i know that he had an infection or he got hurt he had a cut and then that cut got infected and then after that he developed a um, flesh-eating disease. And that's why we haven't heard any new music from him for the past two years. So, get well, if you're listening. Um, so, you guys know how I couldn't um, record a podcast sooner. Um, like I said, I was supposed to interview a rapper and... I'm going to get on his ass because that shit was supposed to be lit. <laughs> but it's fine. Shit happens because tonight we have someone even better. I'm not going to say even better, but just like um, somebody who's also influencing the black culture. And that's those are the type of interviews that I live for. And it was kind of a scramble to carry on with the show. <laughs> find someone who's palatable for the podcast to interview and it was a scramble because I'm working at this new job and speaking of the new job that's taking all of my hours by the way but not really I got today and tomorrow off work so that's cool <laughs> but like you know it's taking my creativity hours because I mostly create at night like a lot of great artists do but tell me why I'm leaving my job the other night and 
I like walked out in front of my job entryway because I work like I said last week I work at a very like fancy establishment so I walk outside of my job and I walk down the street and there's like this shady little bus stop so I sit on the bus stop tell me why this man on a motorcycle this white man along with his white friend pass by me and then the driver yells out really loudly fucking nigger to me it's late at night on Hollywood Beach I was the only black girl there I know that he was speaking to me I was so shocked that I've never been called a nigger in my life I know that a lot of people may have you know have had racial slurs hurled at them um maybe in miami i don't know i know that it's happened nationally of course i watch the news but it's never happened to me personally and i can't think of nobody in Dade county or broward county or any other place that i'm familiar with west palm beach that none of my black friends have ever come to me and said oh i got called a nigger today so that was a shock whoa like this is trump's america I'm just waiting to leave work and somebody just passes by. I'm minding my own black motherfucking business. And this guy just says, fucking, let, wait, he, he goes, not only did he say that, but he goes, fucking nigger, woo, like, he yelled afterwards. <laughs> he felt good about it. Look at that black girl. I'm going to call her a nigger today. I was like, God damn, I thought that would not happen to me before I died. You get in your 30s and you think you're home free and, you know, maybe the world will end up good after all before your death. But no, no, something's going to happen where an ignorant motherfucker is going to come to you and say some shit that you don't like. And that's when you have to kind of like accept the world for what it is because it ain't getting no better, it seems. It ain't getting no better. R.I.P. to Nipsey Hussle didn't see that coming didn't see that coming anyway tonight is a good night to um talk about film <laughs> let's switch gears a little bit because even though Nipsey Hussle has passed we can't let his hustle within itself and the killing of him deter us from where we're going. It's a big time for black filmmakers. It's a big time for artists. And the reason I bring that up is because Nipsey Hussle was working on a documentary about Dr. Seabee. And if you don't know who Dr. Seabee is or was, uh, he basically developed a way for us to just live upon the like natural herbs of the earth in he um, didn't believe in pharmaceuticals. He didn't believe in taking pills. He didn't believe in synthetic drugs. He solely believed in like a plant-based diet. And he said that you can heal yourself off just eating natural and taking care of yourself. And um, he eventually died. So there was like some conspiracies about like how he died. I believe he died naturally, but that's beside the point. The point is that Nipsey Hussle was doing a lot of things in the community. Um, he followed Dr. CB and he opened like a stem cell research um, laboratory. 
and he was working on a film about Dr. CB's life. Unfortunately, he was shot and killed yesterday. Um, but, but, there's a light at the end of the tunnel because tonight, and it's very impromptu, we're going to interview an up-and-coming director, filmmaker. His name is Deeds. I've seen one of his films. He caught my attention on Facebook. Um, I love what he's doing in the community. He's actually on the line now, and we're going to talk to him. So, are you there? Hello? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So I'm the f- uh, really happy to be on the show. Thank you for inviting Thank you for coming at the last minute. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to ask you was, how did you get involved in filmmaking? Oh man, um, I, really for me it was it was a blessing how I got in filmmaking. I was in a position where uh, I started in 2014, and I was in a position before 2014 where I didn't really have a way to become a filmmaker. Um, it was like a far-fetched dream. I didn't have the money to buy camera equipment um, or anything like that. It was just like, you know, maybe I'll make skits on my phone until, you know, I go viral or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, one day on Facebook, you know, I used to post uh, me videos of me like making music and stuff like that because I also make music um, and uh, a guy wrote me and said hey man who, who are you some kin to because I see a lot of my family members are on your page and uh, you know once I ran down you know who, who my family was uh-huh. you know we found out that we were cousins wow so we became, yeah yeah it's, it's really it's a really crazy story like how I got into filmmaking um, to me it's only by the grace of God so uh, we became really close after that. Like, I would go to the studio, help him out, um, and we would just have really deep conversations about life and, you know, our passions and what we wanted to be in life and who we wanted to be as people. Um, and so after that, he asked me, uh, what, do, what do I want to be? You know, what do I want to do? Like, what's my goal? And mm-hmm. I told him that, I wanted to become a director to write and film my own movies. I had been writing movies uh, since I was like nine years old, uh, you know, stories, short horror stories, things like that. And uh, I just. What kind of movies were you writing at nine years old? (laughs) That's funny. Say that again? I said, what kind of movies were you writing at nine years old? Like, where was your mind at at that time, being that young? Oh, it, it really, it wasn't really like movies. I take that back. Like, it was like short stories, really. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I would just write things. Um, I would write poems sometimes. But mainly my thing was writing short stories. Like, I would write little horror stories. And because uh, I used to read Goosebumps and... Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, and you remember before Goosebumps, R.L. Stein made Fear Street. That was his biggest series, and that wasn't like a, a kid horror series. That was like teenager adult horror series, you know, because there were some like adult things inside of there. 
Well, I'll say teenage things. Oh, I never heard of Fear Street, but I've definitely heard of Goosebumps. That's very interesting. Right, Fear Street was before Goosebumps. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, and um, so that's how that's how I started off writing, and uh, you know, it was like, okay, well, I I I hear you, you know, and you know that conversation kind of died, and time went by, and you know, one day he he hit me up, and he was like, yeah, man, um, I'm looking to get out the streets, and I'm looking to you know, I got some money coming and I'm really looking to invest it. And it's been on my heart that I should invest that money to you. And, you know, wow. help you become who you want to become. And Wow. That's quite an you know, opportunity. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy, man. Um, and he invested all of that money into me and bought me everything that I needed to get to become a filmmaker. He uh-huh. taught me how to film. He, uh taught me business he really like walked me through the steps of how to become an entrepreneur and uh you know from that from that point on i've just been rolling the ball man you know he really blessed me as a person so i owe everything um first to god but i also owe everything to him as well because without him without meeting him on facebook that would have never happened that's amazing yes so let's dive into a little bit about the kind of films that you make. Okay. So, so um, I created, we we both created, because I, I won't say that I created it on my own. Um, he gave me an idea, and I kind of just went on from there. But we created a, uh, a series, a movie series called Choices. And basically what, it, what Choices is about is showing urban communities the consequences to their actions. Mm. And so what I do is I put real life situations in front of the screen, but I put a message in it where it can make you reflect on your life and how to make better decisions. And, you know, being that I'm I'm a God-fearing person, I like to include God in there and show how God can change the worst type of people, you know? Mm. And so... Um, I do it without being preachy or anything like that. I just like to show messages that really can encourage and help people some kind of way. So you think that a murderer can be changed? Yes. How so? Because everybody, look at the uh, Hubs, the um, Nipsey Hussle situation. They've already killed six of his family members. Yeah, they shot yeah, up his yeah, girlfriend's house. And there's people in the street who believe there's no repentance. You know, so your yeah. film is kind of saying that it doesn't matter who you are, what you did, there is always a way to. Right. I, I think, I think, man, any kind of person can be changed by God. I, I don't think no one is too far out of the reach for God to reach them. Deep. Um, uh, when you think about, I'll use a biblical story. I, I don't know if, like, you're fan base likes the Bible. I'm just going to Oh, no, you can talk about story. God all day. Preach it. We need Jesus <laughs> in these times right now. Absolutely. The West Coast need God more than ever. I just saw a high-speed chase with a rapist who was, like, speeding lights, and they're trying to arrest this guy. I said, what is going on in the West Coast? By all means, deliver your message, right. sir. The floor is yours. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so, uh, one biblical story is, uh, if you look at the guy who wrote uh, most of the New Testament, Paul, um, he was actually a guy that murdered Christians. And so 
he killed a lot of Christians, he stoned Christians, and out of nowhere, you know, God gave him a vision and said, like, why are you persecuting me? Because Paul thought he was doing that for God, killing Christians for God, because mm-hmm. he thought they were against what he knew as the worship of God, you know? So that right there just shows clear and point that God can use anybody, nobody's too far out of the reach. If anybody that we would think, nah, God can't use that person, it would have been Paul because he was killing God's people. But, you know, God kind of showed that he can touch anybody with no problem. So that's the kind of uh, message you try to deliver in your films? Yeah. I, w- I want to just... I mean, even if a person doesn't believe in God or doesn't accept the Bible and things like that, that's cool. Like, you can still take something from the films. Everyone. It's, it's nobody who can look at my films and say, oh, I ain't get nothing from that. Everyone can get something from it. Interesting. So your latest film is coming out on April 27th, the premiere. Let's talk about that. Oh man, I'm so excited, man. Um, I'm basically doing a, this is my fourth movie. And what, what's dope about this is this is my first actual full length movie. So all of my other films were short films. Uh, my first one was nine minutes long. My second one was uh, 30, 38 minutes long. My third, my third one was, uh, 32 minutes long. I made a 10 minute one after that. And then uh, this one is actually an hour and 28 minutes long. And so this is like really special for me just because I proved to myself that like I can make a full blown movie on no budget. Wow. That's what makes it amazing for me. Like it, it wasn't like I had like $10,000 and you know, I had to use that $10,000 to make everything happen for the movie. I had $0. I had no, I started off with a job. I actually got fired from the job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I was just like, I was just like, I'm going to make this movie happen regardless. And I had um, a great support system with the cast members, um, my wife, like everybody just really supported me and stepped out on the limbs with, you know, working long hours with, you know, uh, I mean, taking days off of their jobs. I mean, they, they really supported me and they, they helped me get this movie done. So, I mean, without these guys who was a part, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. That's great. I commend you because you're stepping out into an industry that really doesn't allow black people to step beyond the depths of their creativity. Right, right. If you look at uh, Jordan Peele, He's like one of the first horror filmmakers to feature an all-black cast where it's not taboo right. and nobody's selling drugs and it's like not on some BET shit. Right, it's, it's right, It's just right. like so authentic. <laughs> it's so authentic. And, and that's why I called you up for this interview because I was like, I'm going to talk to a filmmaker and we're going to explore some things that we don't see on a big screen that often. Right. Oh, man, that's going to be awesome. This is going to be a great conversation there. And you're definitely making your way. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's dope what uh, Peel is doing, man, because, like, I, I, to be honest, before him, I don't think I knew any black, like, guys who made horror films. You know, if there is some, you know, 
please, you know, point them to me so I can check out their work? But I don't no, know. No, there aren't any. Trust me. I've already done my research. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm actually working on a horror film myself. I know for a fact that, wow. you know, it's just considered to be taboo. Wow. So that's awesome. You know, I mean, that that's so awesome because it shows that, I mean, we're... we're I think we're capable of, of all of the same things that anybody else is. It's just that we need the opportunities. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I can't go back to my situation. Like, it, it's just the opportunity that matters. You know what I mean? If if we can give people in our community some kind of way just to have an opportunity at success and becoming, you know, better people, I think we can do it. You know, I, we just need that opportunity. We need examples as well. Like we don't have yeah, a lot Jordan of Yeah, Jordan Peele is that exact example. Yeah. That that's that's totally true. Like we just need people that's examples. Not not only as entrepreneurs and, and financial guys, like but just as people. You know what I mean? Like we need we need guys that we can look up to and say, Hey man, that's a stand up guy yep. and and uh I can take something from him that can help me be a better father or a husband or just a better brother, you know, to other people. Especially for black people. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I let's totally talk about agree. the film that you have um, premiering. You said that it's April 27th, right? Yes. And what is the name of it? It's called Choices for mm-hmm. Brenda. And where so, can people buy tickets? Um, you can actually buy tickets on Eventbrite. Um, you can type in choices for Brenda on Eventbrite. And it'll the pop letter up. four? I mean, I'm sorry, the number four or like yes, spelled out? Yeah, the number four. Mm-hmm. And uh, you type in Brenda um, and it'll pop right up. Or if you like, you can actually purchase the tickets personally from me. Um, I can leave you know, my number on here. You don't have to just shout out your YouTube and shout out your Instagram page because I ain't posting shit because I'm busy and I just got a brand new job. Like I told my fan base last (laughs) week, (laughs) I'm a supervisor now y'all. So shout out your YouTube channel and your IG um, page. And people can find you and check out this series. Um, it's not a series. You said it, it started out as short films, and now it's going to be a full-length movie about choices that people make. Right. So basically, it's a movie series. You see how they got uh, uh, Fast and Furious 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all it's different movies, but it's under the same thing. You know what I mean? Right. It's installments. It's, right. So I think they call that in the movie world an anthology. So what I've created is basically a movie series that's under one title. And so... Um, Got it. That's what it pretty much is. And basically, the movie uh, series is about... I mean, well, basically, this movie that I've done is about a, a young girl named Brenda who was... She watched her mom die of a drug overdose when she was young. Um, and she had to be raised by her aunt and uncle. Now, is Brenda Black? Is she from Florida? Give me a little background information about the characters. Yeah, she's black. She's from Florida. Uh, she's she's actually in her freshman year of college. And, um, you know, she's... Um, her aunt and uncle are a Christian family that's from 
as well. Uh-huh. They're, but they're like middle class. So well to do black people. You know, a drug abuser. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she was also a prostitute. Mm-hmm. So she died, you know, basically doing what she was addicted to, which was, you know, different kind of drugs and things like that. And so, um, I, I mean, the inspiration from this movie just came from me knowing that a lot of women go through things that they never talk about. Mm. Um, Were you born in like a single mom home, like a single family yeah, home? Yeah, yeah, of course. Father wasn't around, and um, so she she basically uh, exemplifies the typical kind of like black family. Typical black you know? mama, daddy gone. Right. So what does she do where she has to come to a point in her life where she has a choice? And don't give too much of it away because you're having your premiere, sir. (laughs) So just give give my audience a sense of what's to come. So basically, she's presented with the choices of either becoming like her mom, making the same mistakes that her mom made, or either choosing a better route out of there. You know, and she doesn't know that the better route actually comes through a friend who dearly loves her um, and has been there for her from day one. Mm. So that's the choices that she's, um, you know, faced with. It sounds like in the end, she has to become true to herself to even realize what her friend is telling her because somebody else has to come into her life, right? And let her know the route that she should take. Right, pretty much. I mean... And I mean, it's tough, you know, you can't expect people to always know what choice to make, um, especially when they've never seen those, you know, been in that situation before they even have to make those kind of choices, you know? Um, so it's kind of tough, but I think in the end, you know, she she made the choice that that she needed to make, you know? Yeah, so what other, you came, you came out with um, other films before this one because the way that I discovered you was on Facebook. I saw a film you did where it was a short film and mm-hmm. there was a killing and there was a British man. And oh, yeah, he told, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Let's, let's go into the past a little bit and oh, talk about what you've yeah, done before. So that was actually my most recent short film before. I actually did that right after Brenda. Um, uh, and basically, I was trying to release that as a bridge to, you know, get people excited to see Brenda to let people know I'm, I'm, you know, back filming because it had been a while since I released the movie. And so, uh, The Good Die Young, man, it, mm. it came about in a weird Yeah, way that's what it's I called, know. The Good Die Young. Very yeah. catchy title, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it, it, it came about in a weird way because I, I didn't actually plan on even writing that story or making that into a movie. But um, what ended up happening was there was a competition uh, for 50 grand where the guy who directed uh, Moonlight, uh-huh. um, he, he was giving out 50,000 for filmmakers right? to submit their work. And after the work is submitted, he would choose, uh, I think it was two or three filmmakers to give 50,000 to to develop a movie and uh, you know work alongside with some producers. 
So, I mean, I was actually trying to enter that contest. And so um, I seen it probably like seven o'clock at night and I ended up writing that script until like five in the morning. So wow. I started probably like 10 o'clock and wrote it all the way to like five in the morning, um, which was like a Sunday. And then I called the British guy. I called my other three friends who were in the movie and you know, I told him, hey, this is what I'm trying to do, and I need you guys to link up with me, and that's kind of how it happened, you know. What is that film even about? Like, I watched it. It's a short film, so obviously there's no beginning, middle, and end. It's just kind of right. like throw you in there. <laughs> right, 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 right. It throws you right in the situation. So um, it's basically about, you know, these two friends, they had stolen a hard drive from this house uh, that they uh, broke into. And the hard drive had some really uh, important information on there. And so they stole it from a very powerful person who he sent, you know, basically a hitman to get that hard drive back. Mm. And so that's that's the main basis of the movie. That was much. dope. Yeah, it was it was dope. I like it. I, I like the idea a lot. It's not my type of film, though. Like, it, personally, if it wasn't, if I had more time to come up with a script, that might have not been the script that I came up with. But I like it because it's like it throws you right into the action. Mm -hmm. um, being that I had someone that was actually from a different country to actually play one of the uh, head roles in there, yeah. that that was really interesting for me because I've never worked with anybody from another country. And so, you know, he was actually talking to me. Like, you remember the guy from uh, The Walking Dead, Rick, right? The main character? Yeah. Um, he's actually not American. Oh wow, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't so know. So he that fakes either. his just, British accent like uh, like Colin Farrell and like uh Idris Elba. <laughs> right, That's funny. exactly. So these guys can actually have an American voice on at any time. You wouldn't you wouldn't have known that they were British. And so it's kind of the same with him. He was telling me like if I had more time to study the script, I could have actually worked out an American voice for you. And I was like, No, no, I want you to be British. Like I've never, <laughs> Be British like 21 Savage and stop acting, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's like, no, I want you to be British. I don't I don't even want you to be American. Like if you're British, that's great. You know, cuz I've 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 I don't know a lot of people who've had that in their film. So mm -hmm. I wanted to do it and uh I, I liked it. It came out great for me and it, uh, came out it, great. it didn't take us a long time to film it either. Interesting. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. No problem. I thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. And um, to all the guys that's listening, you know, keep supporting this uh, young black talent here. She's great. And uh, I'm, I'm expecting big things from her as well. <laughs> oh, yes. This podcast, this podcast has been a while in the making. And... You're my first guest. <laughs> You're my first That's interview. <laughs> That's... I'm a part of history, man. <laughs> you are. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to mention at Winwood Yard on April 5th, they're going to have a food event. Now, if you're fat ass like me, you always want to try out new foods from different countries. And what better place to do that than in Miami? They're going to have... Um, I, I didn't read the whole menu. My fat ass just read like a portion of the menu, but they're gonna have tostones, right? And the tostones is gonna be cooked like churros with dulce de leche on it. 
Like it's gonna be like salted cheese and and I don't like cheese personally, but it's gonna be like a sweet tostones, like some real Miami Cuban shit. So if you're gonna be in Wynwood from April 5th to April 10th and it starts at night, it starts from 5 p.m. to about 10 p.m., you guys, it's gonna be awesome. Thank you, Dees, for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me, sweetie. And remember that April 27th, right? You can go on his uh, YouTube IG. You can find it. Yes, yes. So you guys can look me up on Deeds Productions on any social media platform. That's D-E-E-D-Z Productions with a Z at the end, not an S. And you'll find me right away. All right, cool. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the show. Oh, my God. It's been so long since I recorded. Ah! (laughs) Well, that's only because not much has been happening. Kodak Black is beefing with... um, T.I. and Kodak Black went to jail because he ended up crossing over into the Canadian border and his GPS got him lost and he had guns on him and drugs on him apparently and so T.I. made a video laughing at him and they've been beefing and shit and Kodak Black made a diss record towards T.I. which is fucking ridiculous why can't we all just get along <laughs> oh my gosh it reminds me of that song uh what's her name oh my god what is her name the rapper kian was it brianna and she was like can we all get along bitch nah we all can't get along like hell nah like sometimes you want to make peace and you just can't get along with people that code black and ti situation is crazy Because Kodak Black is like a fucking troll. And T.I. just wants to bring wisdom. But how can that nigga bring wisdom when he cheated on his wife like multiple times? You can't throw stones in a glass house, my nigga. So that shit is funny. Can we all get along? Bitch, nah. So how are you guys doing? Oh my gosh, it's been... A crazy week for me. I got into a fight with Katie Dawn on Twitter because this guy sent her a DM. And my whole thing was, why you gotta put the nigga on blast? Like, so let me tell y'all what happened. If you don't know who Katie Dawn is, Katie Dawn is a YouTuber, super popular, and um, she's most famous for doing um, that. Mary J. Blige dance and she also did like a Players Club uh, skit where she goes into Target on Halloween dressed up like um, the chick from the Players Club, the blonde chick not Ebony, the other girl you know the ghetto bitch on Players Club, the main one the one who was like um, come do Junior's party that bitch, like she did a skit on that, she's pretty popular and I always liked her until yesterday bitch (laughs) so some nigga sent her a dm right i'm gonna read it to y'all he said come to philly so i can take so i can take you to get cheesesteaks and seafood let me fly you out he wrote that right 
And then later on, like in the week, he wrote another message. He said, I'm going to get you a book and while you out here so you can make money and have fun. What? Like, he got to connect to the comedy clubs and he wants to take you out to eat. Like, so she didn't respond to him. And it's like, bitch, you saw his message. But whatever. It is what it is. She didn't respond. So finally he said, that's why you ugly. <laughs> Which really, like, this bitch ain't even that cute to be curving niggas. Come on, you can't be curving niggas in 2019. If a nigga DM me and be like, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take y'all to eat. Like, and I'll pay for your flight. Bitch, I'm going to be there, okay? So anyway, he goes, that's why you ugly. I ain't DMing your cute ass no more. Which is still a compliment, you know? So then... She um, posts his DM on her page. And she goes, well, damn, with a whole bunch of laughing emojis. Because he said, I ain't, I ain't um, talk to your cute ass no more or whatever. He said, oh, he said, that's why you ugly. I ain't DMing your cute ass no more. And, like, she posted it. And that shit got 5,000 likes and 554 retweets. And I was like, damn, like, why you posted that shit? Like, you humiliated him. So let me tell y'all what I said. I said, I must have missed a joke. He's trying to do something nice, and you ignore him, then humiliate him? Y'all niggas is weird. Shout out to Young M.A. because I could not have come up with a better catchphrase to describe this, like, fuckboy behavior in 2019. So then... Which they really aren't. I don't know why my brother felt the need to chime in and say niggas ain't shit, but it's true. <laughs> Let his will be done. <laughs> A1, niggas ain't shit, but bitches ain't shit either. So, I got distracted. So, I said, I must have missed the joke. Like, why are you posting this? I said, he's trying to do something nice for you. Trying to, trying to, you, he's trying to get you flued out, bitch. Like, I was like, he trying to do something nice and you ignore him? Then humiliate him by posting his DM on Twitter? Are you fucking retarded? And I'm like, y'all niggas is weird. So Katie Don responds and she's like, first of all, I get hundreds of DMs. I never saw his first message. When I finally saw it, he's dogging me. Quit reaching. Bitch, you know good and goddamn well you saw his motherfucking message talking about quit reaching i said um reach far enough for you to reach this window the point was the humiliation the point was posting it and then she didn't say anything else after that but yeah i be locking horns with people sometimes it don't matter who it is because i know like everything that i say like i told y'all last week my comments be getting 2100 likes 3,000 fucking clicks. Like, I may not have a huge following. Um, However, my Twitter does have 26,000 followers, just, just to let y'all know. But I say the truth. And it's like, you can be in a room full of lies. You can be around a room full of people who, who are all wrong. All it takes is that one person to come in and say one, that one thing, that one true thing. And everybody be like, yo, like, all right, you kind of right. So, fuck you, Katie Don. Because, <laughs> like, yo, like, you can't be putting niggas on blast. Like, girls be like, oh, like, niggas ain't shit. Like, I can't find a good man. You know why? Because you be ignoring their fucking DMs, bitch. That's why. 
Um, did y'all know that YNW Melly is facing the death penalty? Yo. <laughs> and I personally said, like, he don't need death. He needs help. This nigga allegedly killed his best friend when he was little. And somebody told me I was lying about that. Like, on Facebook. Somebody was like, that's not true. Um, where you hearing that from? My nigga, that song Murder on My Mind was not about the two new best friends that he killed. Not that recent case. That was a long time ago. He was like, oh, what he said? Um, he caught me by surprise, whatever. Like, yo, nigga, ain't nobody catching by surprise. That nigga been a killer since he was born. How many times I got to tell y'all motherfuckers this? His name is Jamel Demons. His real last name is fucking Demons. That nigga is a motherfucking killer. He killed his two best friends. I was the first one to say that he drove them bodies from Miami Day, like somewhere on, like in fucking Little Haiti, and drove the bodies to fucking Broward. Like, he a fucking killer. He's a killer. I get that. But at the same time, does he really deserve the death penalty? That nigga probably had no guidance growing up. Like, we don't know what he been through. That motherfucker probably got molested with, like when he was young. He probably seen his daddy beat on his mama. It's like, why can't... I'm not, I'm not sympathizing with murderers or anything like that. But it's like, okay, why the fuck is Nicholas Cruz still alive? Why is he not facing the death penalty, my nigga? Tell me that. That nigga went and shot up a school. Nicholas Cruz shot up a school and like he's he's going to court like every other month and why don't we have the same sympathy for our black kings you know like YNW Melly is sick he's sick he's a killer but he needs help he needs to go through a, a psychological program and yes, he should face life in prison because we know he did that shit. Come on, like, he's like OJ. We know he did it, but, you know, we want to protect our black youth. But he did the shit, but death penalty? I ain't God. Like I told, like I told um, people on that college kid Facebook that I, that I follow, like Facebook page that I follow, I ain't God. Who am I to say that he should get death? The little nigga need help, yo. That's crazy. Um. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna like uh, get over. I'm gonna like not talk about dark things on this beautiful Wednesday morning. <laughs> um. At the same time, I kind of want to because I am like hella bothered and irritated. So yesterday. I was like following up on my Instagram page and my um, Twitter page for 305 The Juice. And I go on my Twitter and one of my ex's best friends is a very, very popular rapper. I'm not going to say his name because birds of a feather flock together. So fuck that nigga too. But um. I go on my on my page and I see my ex-boyfriend's rapper page and he follows me on Twitter on the podcast. Do you if I just imagine that? Imagine that. So if he saw it, I know my ex saw it too. And 
I want to reiterate that 2019 is the time to let go of any toxic or negative energy that you feel. Bro, like, I just can't do it anymore. And I've done so much. Like, how many of y'all have like been in a relationship where you want to let go of a nigga so bad or a female so bad but it's like you genuinely care for them something about knowing that a person ain't shit makes you kind of want to like better them but why why nigga bro you can't help people that's one thing i learned in 2019 is that if you a fuck boy or if it's a girl who ain't shit, like, why would you try and better them? Because they're only going to drain you at the end of the day. So tell, tell me why. Tell me why I fucked up, y'all. So about a week ago, I was at home minding my own black motherfucking business, right? Chilling. Like I told y'all before, I live in the suburbs. Very fucking nice area. Because <laughs> I used to live in the hood. Y'all don't know. I used to live in Overtown. And I ain't talking about how Overtown is now. I'm talking about back in the fucking 80s when, like, crack was booming. And my mom sent me to live in Vermont, of all places. The whitest fucking place on the earth. However, I learned a lot. I learned how to speak proper English <laughs> I learned how to like express myself um so ain't nothing wrong with that but then I came back to Miami and it was back to the fuck shit back to these fuck boys so tell me why I allowed my ex to enter my realm because that's what relationships are all about right you meet someone and you want them to enter your world and kind of be a part of your life you know when two becomes one and all that bullshit but when i tell y'all my ex ain't shit he ain't shit my nigga like I (laughs) slept for 48 hours straight just so I can wake up and do this podcast about how my ex ain't shit. Okay, so as I said before, I'm going to make my podcast more personable because I always have a story. Like for every occasion, no matter where I am, I always have a fucking story to tell. So today is the day that I'm going to tell this story, right? So I invited my ex into my room, right? Let me give you a little backstory, a little bit of um, history on the situation between me and my ex. So we were really close, and that motherfucker went to jail. We were close, or so I thought. He lives in California, and he was, like, back and forth between Miami and Cali. No big deal at the time. This was, like, in 2010, because I was in college still at the time. And I was just, like, not taking any guy seriously because a nigga had to get that degree. I got a bachelor's degree in journalism. Shout out to me. (laughs) I got a whole ass bachelor's degree out here in these streets. But anyway, so he ended up going to prison for five years, right? So, I need to get some soda. I'm outside right now. It's hot. Give me a second. So... He ended up going to prison for five years, right? And I held him down, put money on his books. I was just always there when he needed me. Not to mention, like, I would go and visit him, okay? I had a job barely paying me shit. 
I wasn't nowhere near living the life that I'm living now. Like right now, you know, I have I have my brand new job. Y'all already know I'm a supervisor. I tell you every week. <laughs> okay. So this nigga used my ass. Okay, did not see it coming at all. Like, while he was in prison, he was like, I love you so much. When I get out, I'm going to give you the world, girl. Like, because you really held me down. You was the only person who came to visit me. Keep in mind, I was paying for my own hotels. I was getting my feet done, my nails done, my hair did. Every time I had to go and visit him, I would call out of work to go and see this motherfucker. On his birthday, I slide him like $100 and shit. Come on, like... You're not going to find a girl to do that shit for you. When you go to prison, like, nobody gives a fuck about you. Like, you literally dead until you get out. And then people are like, oh, welcome home, nigga. It's a big-ass celebration. Niggas get celebrated more for getting out of prison than fucking um, graduating college, my nigga. Like, that shit is sad. So when he got out, he just, he got a new bitch. He blocked me on Facebook. He blocked me on Instagram. And he was like, oh, like, we not compatible. I don't think it's working. You talking about some motherfucking heartbreak? Yo, like, I used to go to work and just cry for hours. Like, I'll go in the bathroom. Like, it was just, like, unfathomable, unfathomable. Oh, my God. It was unfathomable to me how somebody could just abandon a person that held them down and niggas in the street always talking about i just want somebody who loyal when they not loyal themselves like i grew to hate the word loyalty like fuck loyalty that's for dogs and animals fuck loyalty yo so um yeah so like he just got a new bitch and it was just like okay so we're not together but it still hurt me but today, I can say I'm not heard about that shit no more. The only shit I'm heard about is that a couple of weeks ago, he flew in from Cali, and I had him blocked, and my dumbass texted him, and I was like, how you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm going to slide by your house, and I let him in my fucking house, yo. If it's one thing I learned from Nipsey Hussle is to burn sage and never let evil niggas in your house. So, long story short, that nigga didn't want to pay for a hotel room. So, the only reason he actually hit me up was so he can have a place to sleep at. Because he was going to go home that Saturday. Which is last Saturday. Can y'all believe that shit? Like, when I tell y'all, like, I am not going out of my way for people no more in 2019 like it could be my motherfucking mama like on god on god (laughs) i learned my lesson like so hard these past two weeks that's that's another reason why y'all haven't heard from me it's because it was like okay when are you gonna grow up toya like I know y'all call me LB. My name is Toya. You can call me Toya. You can call me LB. Whatever. But I came to the realization of when are you going to grow up and be mature and realize that everybody don't got your best interest at heart. Oh, God. There's people who just leeches. It's two kinds of people in the world. The ones who give and the ones who take. And that nigga was a taker. That nigga was a taker. Be careful who you give your fucking loyalty to. Because it could backfire. Just like the Wendy Williams shit. Did y'all hear about that? Oh my God. Kevin Hunter. Which is Wendy Williams' husband. Um, 
shit got wild. Um, she's divorcing him, of course, because he had a baby with another lady, and he and is in and allegedly like he beats her. His own mama said that he be beating her ass, like kicking and punching her in her stomach and shit. You know how? And I'm gonna get really dark for a second. Men who abuse women, they don't punch them in their face no more. They punch them on body parts that nobody can see. They punch, they hit them in their back, they hit them in their ass, in their stomach, in their thighs, in their ribs, in places that nobody can see. And Wendy Williams finally said, you know what? I've had enough. I'm going to fucking divorce you. I'm going to rehab. Me and my son going to be all right, motherfucker. <laughs> Me and my baby, we going to be all right. Yes. Yes. She had to do the Beyonce lemonade on his ass and let him know, I don't need you. So come to find out, last night I was listening to the Brilliant Idiots podcast and Charlemagne the God. Oh, damn. I wish I had the clip right now. I should pull it up. Damn, I'm not going to be able to pull it up because I don't have my laptop with me, but I can just tell you guys the story. This gay dude came on um, some, what's her name? Tasha. I think her name is Jay Tasha, something like that. Some black girl. She interviewed... Um, this dude who said that he had sex with Kevin Hunter, but it was not consensual sex. It was rape. Wendy Williams' husband raped a gay man, y'all. What the fuck? We living in the fucking Twilight Zone. So Wendy Williams finally got the courage to say, like, she's leaving this guy. I'm doing my podcast. I don't need any interruptions. I am being interrupted right now. While recording my podcast. Later. Give me one hour. Oh, here. So bear with me, guys. Yeah, like, I feel like 2019 is the time to get all of the negative energy out of your life. Point blank, period. Whatever toxic situation that you're in, whether it's your best friend, it could be your mom... It could be your dad. It could be your cousins. No matter who it is, you guys, don't settle for that shit. Don't settle for anything that makes you unhappy. Um, One more thing I want to say before I get out of here. Aside from, like, getting rid of toxic things... And negative things. I also want to say that education is important. And I'm not just only talking about school. I'm talking about enlightening yourself. I was looking at this um, uh, Family Hustle. What is it? What is it? Whatever the fuck that show called on VH1. T.I. and a Family Hustle. And King wants to do music now, y'all. And he is such a... I don't even know how to describe him. He has, like, a beautiful mind. He's very sensitive, and, like, he listens, and but at the same time, he doesn't allow anyone to, like, invade his space. And you have to respect that young man for that. Because I saw where his he wanted to do music, and he was like, I want to be homeschooled. I don't want to go to school anymore. I want to be in a studio, and I want to be able to decide... Um, what I'm going to do in my life. And his grandma was like, but you're 14, baby. <laughs> it was so cute. And then 
T.I. was like, you haven't put in enough work to be an artist yet. You don't know what you're doing. Like, he was really, like, coming down on King Heart. And then King started crying. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was so cute. But, like, and then he told his grandma, uh, what are you talking about? He was like, what are you talking about? I'm doing this for my own benefit. And I was like, yes. That's, that's what you want to see in your kids. Like, you want your kids to have their own mind. Like, you want them to, to like, kind of crash and burn or as my manager say what my manager says what is he he says oh because you know that that saying that goes um trial and error and he goes no trial and fire like do whatever it is you want to do in your life and if you crash and burn that's fine but just know that you did it and keep working at it so you can prosper i was just in a good mood today you guys i'm glad that you're still listening to my podcast um, I had nothing to talk about this week, like nothing to talk about this week. Um, and I was like, why don't I just hop on here and give messages of positivity? So there you guys go. Get out there, live your dreams. Don't be a fuck boy. Don't play with people's emotions and don't use people for your own gain. Chase your dreams, chase your goals, work hard, work hard and prosper. It's all peace and love. I'm LB from 305 The Juice. Bye! podcast in what feels like forever in my last podcast I fucking looped them together one was rest in peace Nipsey Hussle and the other was um chase your dreams I accidentally looped it together I emailed anchor hello anchor if you're listening show me how to unloop that shit so my followers can listen to my very latest podcast but anyway fuck that because we moving on to something else and this is a brand new podcast happy friday y'all happy friday and i'm off work today ow 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 (laughs) i'm so happy to be off work y'all y'all don't even fucking understand so anyway let's dive right into it so uh Aisha Curry, Steph Curry's wife, went on Jada Pickett um, show two days ago and black Twitter hopped on her ass because she was saying that she feels away because Steph Curry is getting all this female attention and no guys pay attention to her. And it's like, bitch, what? Who gives a fuck about these niggas? Girl, you married to like the number one player in the NBA. Let's listen to a little bit of the clip. Or understanding something that really bothers me and like honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity 
is the fact that, yeah, like there are all these women like throwing themselves. But me, like the past 10 years, like I don't have any of that. Like I have zero, this sounds weird, but like male attention. And so then, you like, I begin to internalize it, and I'm like, is something wrong with you're me? Not, like, you're not looking. What? You're not looking. You're not even looking. But I'm going to tell you something else, too. When your radar's turned off, because I've dealt with that for years, too, like, and I was young, like you. Yeah, like, oh, my God. Fair. I mean, that was Jada saying, um, when you're not looking for a man, that's when the man comes to you. And um, speaking of men, we're going to get back to that Aisha Curry shit. But speaking of men, okay, so I told y'all I was going to record yesterday and I ended up going to the park, okay? <laughs> story time, story time. <laughs> so I end up um, going to the park. Like, uh, I like feeding ducks, like, I like feeding animals. Like, strange fact about me. Like, when I get the white rice with my Chinese food when I order it. I don't just throw it away like the rest of you fucking ignorant ass savages, okay? I throw it in the backyard and the birds come and eat it because when you think about it, like, what the fuck the birds gonna eat? Like, you have to feed the animals. They don't They don't know where their next meal is gonna come from, so you gotta be kind and be generous. But anyway, I go to the park and so this dude, you know who you are and I know he's listening, fuck! I gotta block his ass on Twitter. <laughs> Um, so he goes inside my DM, right? And he goes, a thousand percent goddess. I was like, oh shit. All right, but whatever. I ignored that shit because niggas on Twitter, they either only want to fuck or they on the DL. I noticed that shit. It's a lot of gay niggas on Twitter and it's a lot of fuckboys on Twitter. So I don't even like open my messages on Twitter. Like, I just be like, whatever. They DM me. I don't give a damn. So long story short i go to the park and the dude start me and the dude start um conversing and he's like i'm gonna meet up with you at the park and so we meet up and i end up not doing my podcast yesterday and we talk and stuff and he's a cool guy he's a cool dude and that nigga was a distraction though that's why i played that kalani i love kalani she just had a baby shout out to kalani congratulations she just had a baby girl and um I just love that song. It's so good. It's so good. I'm play it again. Yes. That's what we all need. We need a man to come into our life and be like, you are a goddess queen. Yes. Give me a favor. Pick me a baby out later. Don't worry about no paper. Cause I got much let me ask y'all a question. Y'all heard what the song just said? She's like, don't worry about the paper because I've been stacking for nights like this. I've been saving my money. How y'all feel about um, taking a nigga out on a date in 2019? I'm going to create a poll after this podcast. I'm going to create a poll because I've, I've seen like memes where they're like, in 2019, we pay for haircuts. In 2019, we taking niggas out to the movies. Like, bitch, I don't know about that. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you need to okay basically when a man pays for a date he likes you obviously but he's trying to like gauge you he's trying to see where your head is at a date is like an evaluation so why the fuck can't girls evaluate niggas now like man the next nigga who i'm like really actually interested in i'm gonna take his ass out on a date i'm gonna pay for everything and i want to see where your goddamn head is how about that how about that how about that that sounds like a great idea but 
I want to know what you guys think. So I'm going to um, do a poll on Facebook and see where other girls' minds are at in 2019. So anyway, moving forward. Did y'all hear that Offset got shot at last night in a fucking drive-by shooting? What the fuck is going on? Oh, my gosh. He didn't get hit, but... um. I, I, someone texted me and was like, yo, like, somebody tried to shoot Offset. And I was like, I know you fucking lying. And, um, I don't, I don't know. It's like, to me, when you reach that level of celebrity, you need to stay out the streets. And people be like, oh, you acting brand new now. You got a little money. You got a little fame. Like, you ain't down with the hood no more. You goddamn right I'm not down with the hood no more. Because niggas be hating. You get a little bit of clout. And... Yo, like, people just, like, they will literally try and kill you. That's crazy. Um, XXXTentacion, like, niggas, they didn't have to kill him. You didn't have to kill that baby. He was a fucking baby. He, don't get me wrong, like, I know he, he's done some, thing in his, some things in his past, and maybe that was karma coming back for him. God bless the dead or whatever. But he, um... He, he turned his life around in the end. He, he was doing things for the community. And he was spreading love. And all he went to go do was buy a motorcycle one day. And they killed him. They did not have to kill that man. That's why I'm like, yo, like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I, I personally would never want fame. I would never want fame. My whole um, goal is to spread a message. That's what I was put here for. To talk shit. <laughs> I was put here to talk shit and spread messages of positivity at the same time, simultaneously. So, it's just it's just crazy. Like, I would never want the kind of fame where I can't go to the movies. I would never want the kind of fame where I can't do ratchet shit on the weekend and just show up to work and, they, and like, everybody don't know what the hell I did. You know, I just, like... you. We got to stop, like, praising celebrities. That's the only answer. We got to, like, get rid of social media. I don't know if that can happen, like, within the next five years. But there has to be a change where we're not idolizing these these people like that. Because it just creates animosity um, between humans. And it's, it's sick. And it's sad. It's sad that Nipsey Hussle won't live to see his son graduate college. It's sad. So anyway, moving right along, I'm going to make this podcast short, sweet, and simple because personally, it's early, it's kind of early in the morning and I kind of want to go back to sleep. <laughs> but, um, okay, so Young Folk 10K is coming to Miami on June 13th. His new album drops, Industry Wolf. He'll be coming down here. We're going to have an interview on South Beach. It's going to be recorded. That shit going to be lit. Wait, how long have we been waiting? Young Folk 10K, how long have we been waiting, nigga? Uh, we've been waiting. Shit, if you really want to go far back, I met um, Young Folk 10K um, like six years ago, I think. He was trying to get his shit on the radio. And he was like, yo, like I need you to shout me out. Like I need you to create like a video 
And I did it. I wish I could find it now. I'm pretty sure he has it. I'm pretty sure that when we meet up on June 13th, we could play it for you guys. But I was like, it's Young Folk 10K in this bitch. And then he started playing it, um, the video at his shows. And it's in one of his songs and shit. Yeah. Shout out to Young Folk 10K. And around that time, I was telling him, yo, like, I want to start a podcast. And I was like, I think it's going to be called 305 The Jews. <laughs> and I was like, I really want to do it. And, you know, um, he was like, damn, like, I want to be on your show. Like, he was the first one to say, like, Toya put me on your podcast i'm down so fast forward six years later and here we are i'm gonna interview him on june 13th i'm so excited um and my hair is orange by the way i went natural two years ago and it's so ironic because it's 305 the juice and like now my hair is orange and i'm just like the epitome of like fucking florida right now like i'm popping i'm popping um speaking of popping That was another thing that I wanted to touch on about Aisha Curry before I get out of here. So basically, black Twitter just dragged her ass because she was saying, I don't get any male attention. And um, it's weird because Steph Curry gets, and you know, like, she was like, it's weird because uh, Steph Curry gets all the attention, whatever, whatever. I got to learn how to finish my sentences. I have ADD to the motherfucking max. But, um... Black Twitter dragged her for saying that. And I get what she means. Like, every woman wants to feel desired. Like, I guess even if you have a boyfriend, you still want to, like, feel like, ooh, like, you think I'm attractive? And keep in mind, Aisha Curry has four goddamn kids. Four kids! She's she's getting older. You know, she's getting fatter, like all of us over the age of 30. And... You know, sometimes you do want to be desired. I am not in that situation. I don't want to be desired. As a matter of fact, I hate walking down the street and y'all dusty ass sons be trying to holler at me. Like, ew, no, get the fuck away from me. Like, I wish I was cuffed right now. Like, I wish I had a man right now where I could just be like, bae, like, talk to him about, like, my day and, like, I don't got to worry about, like, if a nigga approached me in the street, I could just be like, I got a man. Goodbye. Get the hell out my face. Like, that's the energy that I'm on. So I think that the reason why black women were so upset with Aisha Curry is because she, I guess they perceived it as her being ungrateful, like ungrateful for the life that she has. Cause there's women who can't have kids. Unfortunately, there's women who want to find a good husband and they can't find one. And here, here it is light skin bitch go talking about, um, Oh, ain't nobody paying attention to me. And it was like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> It's wrong. It's wrong. Like, I get what she's saying. I guess, like, when you're young. I'm not young. I'm in my 30s. Thank God I don't want to be in my motherfucking 20s because I would not have the wisdom that I have have today. I can't even imagine trying to pull my life together right now and, like, go to college right now in this type of climate, like, in this type of environment because people are so immature and it's just like, oh, whoo, whoo, child, whoo, child. I don't got time for that. I don't got time for that. Anybody got time for that? <laughs> Whatever happened to that lady? Anybody got time for that? And I got bronchitis. <laughs> oh my God, what was her name? <laughs> there ain't nobody got time for that lady. I forgot her name. She actually um, came out with her own brand of hot sauce and is doing very well. Like she started her own company and shit. She used to be on drugs. And when that video came out, there ain't nobody got time for that. She actually like, created her own company that's amazing 
that lady rich now that is amazing but yeah like y'all y'all lady y'all take it easy on on aisha curry she's just speaking her truth and actually this morning um steph got on um snapchat and he was like i'm proud of you baby like you spoke your truth if that's how you feel and and that's that's the way marriages are supposed to be i don't know a lot about marriage hopefully <laughs> by next year i'll i'll meet somebody to marry my crazy ass but steph curry was just telling her like you if that's how you feel that's how you feel we know they love each other they've been together since high school so y'all take it easy on that goddamn lady okay <laughs> have a good friday bye Do me a favor, pick me up, pick me up later. Don't worry about no paper, cause I got my stack of nights like this. Yeah! I can get crazy. Hey y'all, it's LB. Did y'all miss me? Ah, oh my gosh. I haven't done a podcast in what feels like forever. In my last podcast, I fucking looped them together. One was Rest in Peace, Nipsey Hustle, and the other was um, Chase Your Dreams. I accidentally looped it together. I emailed Anchor. Hello, Anchor. If you're listening, show me how to unloop that shit so my followers can listen to my very latest podcast. But anyway, fuck that because we're moving on to something else. And this is a brand new podcast. Happy Friday, y'all. Happy Friday. And I'm off work today. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I'm so happy to be off work, y'all. Y'all don't even fucking understand. So, anyway, let's dive right into it. So, uh, Aisha Curry, Steph Curry's wife, went on Jada Pickett um, show two days ago. And Black Twitter hopped on her ass because she was saying that she feels a way because Steph Curry is getting all this female attention and no guys pay attention to her. And it's like... Bitch, what? Who gives a fuck about these niggas? Girl, you married to, like, the number one player in the NBA. Let's listen to a little bit of the clip. Or understanding. Something that really bothers me and, like, honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity is the fact that, yeah, like, there are all these women, like, throwing themselves. But me, like, the past 10 years, like, I don't have any of that like i have zero this sounds weird but like male attention and so then you like i begin to internalize it and i'm like is something wrong with you're me not, like you're not, you're not looking what but i'm gonna tell you something else too when your radar's turned off because i dealt with that for years too like and i was young like you yeah like oh my god I mean- that was jada saying um when you're not looking for a man that's when the man comes to you and um speaking of men we're gonna get back to the Aisha Curry shit but speaking of men okay so 
I told y'all I was going to record yesterday, and I ended up going to the park, okay? <laughs> story time! Story time! <laughs> so, I end up um, going to the park, like, uh, I like feeding dogs, like, I like feeding animals, like, strange fact about me. Like, when I get the white rice with my Chinese food when I order it, I don't just throw it away like the rest of you fucking ignorant-ass savages, okay? I throw it in the backyard and the birds come and eat it because when you think about it like what the fuck the birds gonna eat like you have to feed the animals they don't they don't know where their next meal is gonna come from so you gotta be kind and be generous but anyway i go to the park and so this dude you know who you are and i know he's listening fuck i gotta block his ass on twitter (laughs) um so he goes inside my dm right and he goes a thousand percent goddess i was like oh shit all right but whatever i ignored that shit because niggas on twitter they either only want to fuck or they on the dl i noticed that shit it's a lot of gay niggas on twitter and it's a lot of fuck boys on twitter so i don't even like open my messages on twitter like i just be like whatever they dm me i don't give a damn so long story short i go to the park and the dude start me and the dude start um conversing and he's like i'm gonna meet up with you at the park and so we meet up and i end up not doing my podcast yesterday and we talk and stuff and he's a cool guy he's a cool dude and that nigga was a distraction though that's why i played that kalani i love kalani she just had a baby shout out to kalani congratulations she just had a baby girl and um I just love that song. It's so good. It's so good. I'm play it again. Yes. That's what we all need. We need a man to come into our life and be like, you are a goddess queen. Yes. Pick me a favor. Pick me a baby a later. Don't worry about no paper. Cause I got Let me ask y'all a question. Y'all heard what the song just said? She's like, don't worry about the paper because I've been stacking for nights like this. I've been saving my money. How y'all feel about um, taking a nigga out on a date in 2019? I'm going to create a poll after this podcast. I'm going to create a poll because I've, I've seen like memes where they're like, in 2019, we paid for haircuts. In 2019, we taking niggas out to the movies. Like, bitch, I don't know about that. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you need to okay basically when a man pays for a date he likes you obviously but he's trying to like gauge you he's trying to see where your head is at a date is like an evaluation so why the fuck can't girls evaluate niggas now like man the next nigga who i'm like really actually interested in i'm gonna take his ass out on a date i'm gonna pay for everything and i want to see where your goddamn head is how about that how about that how about that that sounds like a great idea but I want to know what you guys think. So I'm going to um, do a poll on Facebook and see where other girls' minds are at in 2019. So anyway, moving forward. Did y'all hear that Offset got shot at last night in a fucking drive-by shooting? What the fuck is going on? Oh, my gosh. He didn't get hit, but... um. Someone texted me and was like, yo, like, somebody tried to shoot Offset. And I was like, I know you fucking lying. And, um, I I don't know. It's like, to me, when you reach that level of celebrity, you need to stay out the streets. 
And people be like, oh, you acting brand new now. You got a little money. You got a little fame. Like, you ain't down with the hood no more. You goddamn right I'm not down with the hood no more. Because niggas be hating. You get a little bit of clout. And, yo, like, people just, like, they will literally try and kill you. That's crazy. Um, XXXTentacion, like, niggas, they didn't have to kill him. You didn't have to kill that baby. He was a fucking baby he don't get me wrong like i know he he's done something and hit some things in his past and maybe that was karma coming back for him god bless the dead or whatever but he um he he turned his life around in the end he he was doing things for the community and he was spreading love and all he went to go do was buy a motorcycle one day and they killed him they did not have to kill that man that's why i'm like yo like it's it's crazy like i i personally would never want fame i would never want fame my whole um goal is to spread a message that's what i was put here for to talk shit (laughs) i was put here to talk shit and spread messages of positivity at the same time simultaneously so it's just it's just crazy like i would never want the kind of fame where i can't go to the movies i would never want the kind of fame where i can't do ratchet shit on the weekend and just show up to work and they and like everybody don't know what the hell i did you know i just like you we gotta stop like praising celebrities that's the only answer we gotta like get rid of social media i don't know if that can happen like within the next five years but there has to be a change where we're not idolizing these these people like that because it just creates animosity um between humans and it's it's sick and it's sad it's sad that nipsey hustle won't live to see his son graduate college it's sad so anyway moving right along i'm gonna make this podcast short sweet and simple because personally it's early it's kind of early in the morning and i kind of want to go back to sleep <laughs> but um okay so young folk 10k is coming to miami on june 13th his new album drops industry wolf he'll be coming down here we're gonna have an interview on south beach it's gonna be recorded that shit gonna be lit wait how long have we been waiting young folk 10k how long we've been waiting nigga uh we've been waiting shit if you really want to go far back i met um young folk 10k um like six years ago i think he was trying to get his shit on the radio and he was like yo like i need you to shout me out like i need you to create like a video and i did it i wish i could find it now i'm pretty sure he has it i'm pretty sure that when we meet up on june 13th we could play it for you guys but i was like it's young folk 10k in this bitch and then he started playing it um the video at his shows and it's in one of his songs and shit yeah shout out to young folk 10k and around that time i was telling him yo like i want to start a podcast and i was like i think it's going to be called 305 the juice (laughs) and i was like i really want to do it and you know um he was like damn like i want to be on your show like he was the first one to say like toya put me on your podcast i'm down so fast forward six years later and here we are I'm going to interview him on June 13th. I'm so excited. Um, 
and my hair is orange by the way i went natural two years ago and it's so ironic because it's 305 the juice and like now my hair is orange and I, i'm just like the epitome of like fucking florida right now like i'm popping i'm popping um speaking of popping that was another thing that i wanted to touch on about aisha curry before i get out of here so basically black twitter just dragged her ass because she was saying i don't get any male attention and um it's weird because steph curry gets and you know like she was like it's weird because uh steph curry gets all the attention whatever whatever i gotta learn how to finish my sentences i have add to the motherfucking max but um black twitter dragged her for saying that and i get what she means like every woman wants to feel desired like I guess even if you have a boyfriend, you still want to, like, feel like, ooh, like, you think I'm attractive? And keep in mind, Aisha Curry has four goddamn kids. Four kids! She's she's getting older, you know, she's getting fatter, like all of us over the age of 30. And, you know, sometimes you do want to be desired. I am not in that situation. I don't want to be desired. As a matter of fact, I hate walking down the street and y'all dusty-ass sons be trying to holler at me. Like, ew, no, get the fuck away from me. Like, I wish I was cuffed right now. Like, I wish I had a man right now where I could just be like, babe, like, talk to him about, like, my day and, like, I don't got to worry about, like, if a nigga approached me in the street, I could just be like, I got a man. Goodbye. Get the hell out of my face. Like, that's the energy that I'm on. So I think that the reason why black women were so upset with Aisha Curry is because she cut I guess they perceived it as her being ungrateful like ungrateful for the life that she has because there's women who can't have kids unfortunately there's women who want to find a good husband and they can't find one and here here this light-skinned bitch go talking about um oh ain't nobody paying attention to me and it was like bitch shut the fuck up like <laughs> It's wrong. It's wrong. Like, I get what she's saying. I guess, like, when you're young. I'm not young. I'm in my 30s. Thank God I don't want to be in my motherfucking 20s because I would not have the wisdom that I have have today. I can't even imagine trying to pull my life together right now and, like, go to college right now in this type of climate, like, in this type of environment because people are so immature and it's just like, oh, who, who child? Who child? I don't got time for that. I don't got time for that. Anybody got time for that? <laughs> Whatever happened to that lady? Anybody got time for that? And I got bronchitis. <laughs> oh my God, what was her name? <laughs> there ain't nobody got time for that lady. I forgot her name. She actually um, came out with her own brand of hot sauce and is doing very well. Like she started her own company and shit. She used to be on drugs. And when that video came out, there ain't nobody got time for that. She actually like created her own company that's amazing that lady rich now that is amazing but yeah like y'all y'all lady y'all take it easy on on aisha curry she's just speaking her truth and actually this morning um steph got on um snapchat and he was like i'm proud of you baby like you spoke your truth if that's how you feel and and that's that's the way marriages are supposed to be i don't know a lot about marriage hopefully <laughs> by next year i'll i'll meet somebody to marry my crazy ass but steph curry was just telling her like you if that's how you feel that's how you feel we know they love each other they've been together since high school so y'all take it easy on that goddamn lady okay <laughs> have a good friday bye